It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Bear River Lodge. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Welcome back. Hour number two and the final one for another week of KSL Outdoors Radio. And still a lot of ground to cover today. We're headed to southern Utah. I think uh, Bob and Mark just got done with uh, some adventures down in the Zion area, and for that reason, they've suggested not only a, a recap of some of their fun, Navi, but uh, they suggested we talk to the marketing director at East Zion Adventures. My son, well, you know Corey, yep. uh, he and his uh, girlfriend, Haley, and some friends went and uh, climbed Angel's Landing Oh yeah, about uh, a week or maybe it was two weeks ago, Yeah, and he's afraid of heights. And I've always wondered how I would handle it, and uh, he said he was scared to death. Right, <laughs> you know that's a scary that's a scary hike. I think just a chain link, uh, right? You know, to hold on to while you're looking straight down in the on the sides of uh, that canyon. Anyway, um, we'll talk about some of the fun that's uh, still there to be had in Zion, and some of the spectacular views that even those that frequent that part of the the state are getting to see uh, with all of the water. Uh, that's flowing in uh, that part of the state, which is great news, but waterfalls in places that maybe right. you haven't seen them in a long, long time. Roger Eggett will also join us from uh, Bear River Lodge. But uh, today we are checking in, and it's uh, two weeks in a row now that we've had the opportunity to talk with Faith Jolly. I hope it's okay. We've changed up your theme song a little bit, Faith. Is that all right? Oh, I am just more curious than anything. I joked that you were sick of George Michael, so let's hear it. Stand by. The birds, <laughs> Actually, I was talking with uh, Navi here at, when we started the show last hour about what he's planning on doing when he gets back from his uh, bike ride in Portugal. He's going to be sitting in his camp spot <laughs> watching the birds. Right. This time of year, though, uh, there's some warnings, and really for the safety of the birds, and so you're not attacked by uh, Mother Robin, you need to be careful about how you approach these little guys or gals when they fall out of the nest. That is fantastic. That I'm, like, so distracted by the music. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Navi said he'd never heard the song. You've never heard this. No. How I... could you go through life 63 years old or 64 and not know Feed the Birds? Well, because yeah. Mary Poppins was when I was six. Me too. We're the same age. Yeah, but I guess I grew out oh. of Mary Poppins. I don't know. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. Total classic. All right. So, so we're yes. talking birds today. Yes. So back to birds. So, yeah, it's just kind of that time of year, you know, all the baby animals are being born. So we're just doing our general reminder. Here's what to do if you find one. I You would be surprised at how many calls and texts and questions I get about this from just people that know me and know I work for the division. It's a whole thing. So we're trying to explain what to do. So, yeah, basically, if you find there's a couple of different, like, rules, I guess, or guidelines. So if you find a baby bird on the ground, you know, in your yard, on a walk, whatever, um, 
there's two different things. If it has no feathers, then we recommend you try and put it back in its nest. So look around, see if you can find its nest, or you can even just put it back up on a branch kind of out of the way of, of cats or dogs that might get it. All right, um, let, let, me, let me pause you right there, because the old wives' yeah. tale is that if mama bird smells you on the baby bird, they won't feed it anymore. True or false? So that is false. Yes, with with a lot of animal species, that is true. Um, however, birds do not have a very good sense of smell. So huh. if you pick up the baby, its parents won't even know you handle it. Okay. So, in fact, yeah, you could you put are, a, a bird from another nest in the bird, and she'll still feed it. Really? Yep. That is also accurate, yes. So, yeah, just generally put it back in the nest. You know, give it that fighting chance. So it's not going to get picked off by a cat or something. Don't take it home. It is illegal. They're protected by state and federal laws. So you just leave it, you know, put it back in the tree, put it back in the nest and, and, you know, let its mom come take care of it. So the other kind of exception to that, so that's if it does not have feathers and it's still really new, not very mobile. If it does have feathers, you can actually just leave it alone, even if it's on the ground. So typically if it's kind of hopping around, it's got feathers, it's not really a baby anymore. We call these fledglings and they're getting really close to being able to be able to take flight. So you can kind of leave them alone, let them fend for themselves. If they're not, you know, in immediate danger, it's not in the middle of the road or something, you can kind of just let it do its thing, and it's about to start flying. Yeah, now let me give you another personal story. So we used to have, and it was a nightmare for us, I, until I hosted the Greenhouse Show and learned uh, what a mess uh, aspen trees can be in your yard. We had aspen trees in our front yard that then just colonize and take over the whole area. But it was really nice. In the spring, there were robins that would come and build a nest there and raise their young, which was fantastic. The kids could watch them right through the window without causing any trouble. When the fledglings, however, would start to make their escape from the nest, dogs would be after them. And so we'd try to come to the rescue. And we were dive-bombed by Mama Robin, uh, who wanted to attack us at times. You just don't mess in that case with Mother Nature. Exactly. Yep. So if yeah, just exactly like you said, if they're if they're mobile, just leave them alone. They'll be fine. You know. And yeah, I like you said, the the moms can be kind of territorial, so you don't really want to mess with that either. Um, another thing that we kind of are reminding people is just try not to ever feed wildlife in general, but especially some of these baby animals. You know, that's another misconception that all birds eat worms. Well, some actually don't. So robins and some other bird species can safely eat them but others can't. So don't try and feed them, you know, let their mom feed them. Um, oftentimes when we intervene and try to feed wildlife, it does more harm than good because we're introducing something into their diet that they can't handle or digest. Right. So that's kind of another reminder that we want to give people this time of year. It's so tempting because they're so cute and they seem so helpless, <laughs> but their, their parents are nearby and, and in some situations they can totally fend for themselves. Is it illegal to move eggs from a nest? It is, yes. I'm glad you brought that up, too. So it is, a lot of these are, are federally protected by the Migratory Bird Act. So once there's a nest that has eggs in it, it is unlawful to disturb the nest or remove the eggs or take down the nest or anything like that. So, And you actually can be cited for doing that. So once they have, before there's eggs or baby birds in the nest, you can totally relocate that nest or move it if it's you know, causing a, a disturbance or damage to your home or things like that. But once they do have eggs or babies, you do have to leave them until the babies have, like, hatched and kind of left the nest, 
and then you can remove the nest. But that, yeah, that's a great point to bring up that a lot of people may not be aware of. All right. Does the same go for ducks? Yeah. So ducks, we typically also say kind of leave them alone. If they look like they've been separated from their parents, they're typically not. So don't try to move them. Don't try to put them in water. Um, the only time we really say to, to do anything with ducks is if they're trapped in a storm drain or if they're somewhere else kind of maybe dangerous, like a swimming pool. And we'll get calls about this, you know, several times a year. If people do find them in a storm drain, call us, call your city. You know, firefighters will often go assist with getting them out. But otherwise, you know, you can just leave them alone and and they're typically fine. Yeah. Look, I think we all love birds, don't we? Right. I think it's an eight. And and when you look it up, you could probably Google it right now. I think it's the number one outdoor activity by uh, people across the country is just bird watching. I could be wrong about that, Faith, but we've shared that those statistics before. Yeah, it's super popular. People are super passionate about it, and we love that passion. I mean, we're all passionate about wildlife as well. We just want to make sure people are interacting with them in a safe way and doing it appropriately. Yeah. Uh, however, I will say this, and and uh, m- my mother grew up on a farm, and so she instilled this in me when I was young, and I've learned it now as a as a homeowner. The starlings out there are right. the devils. <laughs> I mean, right. they will tear a barn down uh, if they're let to, you know, what do you say, habituate themselves to the area or whatever. We had some that would always build a nest, A, in our barbecue, and B, in the in the heater vent of, right. of our dryer upstairs. You know, we had some starlings. This was years ago. And they were up in the crevasse near our roof. And, they, you know, noise. My wife wanted them out. I couldn't get to them. And then one night I heard some noise. And I looked. And going up the rail was a monster raccoon. Oh, my God. And I opened up. And he froze and looked right at me. He goes, "You <laughs> is this your house? Well, so what? You talking to me? Yeah, yeah. And he went up that, he went up, and then we never heard the starlings again. I'm sure you didn't. Right. Uh, nature taking its course there. Right. We had the same thing where they built a nest in our eaves right outside the window of our bedroom on the top you know, right. level of our house. And was fine as long as they were in their egg status. But right. when they became little birds and mom was in the vicinity, they all started screaming to be fed. Right. Uh, like yeah. a newborn in the house. Yeah, the, the devils are the starlings out there. I would play Feed the Birds, but we were just told not to. So we'll we'll avoid that on the tail out of our conversation here with Faith for fear we're going to get ourselves or our listeners in trouble. Faith Jolly, as always, thank you. Thanks so much, you guys. <laughs> we'll uh, take a break, and when we come back, we'll do our road trip and segment, find out what uh, Bob and Mark have been up to this week. Going to take us down the Zion area, I think. Later in the hour, Roger Eggett from Bear River Lodge, sponsor of this program, will uh, help us wrap things up before we turn things over to the greenhouse here on KSL. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. 
Welcome back to KSL Outdoors Radio. Tim and Navi still here. Uh, we do have in the background, I hate to just have them sitting there with no notification. <laughs> right. But, but Bob and Mark are actually with us. Say hi, guys. Hi, guys. Good morning. <laughs> the reason the reason I do that is because uh, Mark wanted us and thought it would be a great idea, and Bob passed along some information on uh, talking about East Zion Adventures today, which I'm anxious to do. And uh, so we wanted to bring in the, um, I believe, marketing director is the right title. Is that right, Jake? Yeah, that's what I do for East Zion Adventures. Although it sounds like you wear many hats here. Yeah, but I wear a couple. I also am the general manager for Zion Ponderosa Resort as well. And I wanted to make sure we got that in there because I have some experience with Zion Ponderosa. Mark, I, I wish I knew. And, and Mark, I don't think we were even connected at the time. How many years it's been since we were down there? We did a broadcast. Do you, were you a part of it then? Do you remember? Yeah, I was. And it was just it was about three years ago. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's been a while, and uh, we just had a fantastic time. But it's so much more than it used to be. We're going to spend not just this segment, but the next segment as well, talking about uh, East Zion Adventures and Zion Ponderosa Ranch. I want to get a little bit of the history, though, Jake, because this is a family affair for you guys. It is, yep. I've, I've been a part of my entire life when I was a young kid growing up, and back with my uh, great-grandpa, Ray Lewis, and he bought the ranch in 1962, and we kind of had this family dream that he always shared about sharing the ranch and sharing Zion with visitors from all over the world. And that dream really started to come to come true in the mid-90s um, when my uncles uh, first started Zion Ponderosa. Actually, it started with a, a guiding company called East Zion Excursions where we wanted to take people out on some hikes. And that, that whole dream has kind of steamrolled into what it is today. How big is the ranch itself? Uh, we've got about you know eight thousand acres in total. There's about four thousand right here all together along the east rim of Zion National Park, where the resort sits and a lot of our tours um, operate on. I don't, I don't want to pry too much into the family history here uh, and and get uh, answers to questions I shouldn't be asking, but I'm going to try anyway. How do you get eight thousand acres just outside of a national park? My goodness. I know. Go figure, right? And I, and I didn't always realize quite how lucky and amazing that was um, for me and our family until I was quite a bit older. But, um, yeah, back then my grandpa had grown up out in Utah, but business had taken him out to California. And he always wanted to get back here. And it just so happened he saw this ad for sale in the L.A. Times, and they were selling it as a as a ranching property for running cattle. But uh, go figure, down here in the high desert, we don't have a lot of water. And so I think it had sold times and never was a successful ranching operation. But thankfully, my grandpa had a different vision for it as far as not necessarily for cows, but actually for, for guests. And Zion wasn't as nearly as popular as it is now back then. And, you know, it's been in the family, thankfully, until we were helping to make the dream, you know, really come to fruition now. Well, it was new. I think the, the park was pretty new then. Do you know the date of the park? The date of the park, it was, let's see, we made it was made into a national monument um, for a few years before, but it was in the earlier um, 1900s, 1900s, but um, so it had been Nin- around. 1919. Really, 1919. Yeah. Ni- so it had been around a while. Uh, when we were at Zion Ponderosa Ranch, uh, I'll be honest, there wasn't a lot there. Uh, and it was longer than three years ago, by the way, uh, Mark. It was a, quite a, a while ago because we rode motorcycles, uh, Russ and I did, and took our wives down there uh, for a stay. 
Tell me what's on the property at uh, Zion Ponderosa Ranch right now. So we've got um, eight different lodging types. The eighth one is coming in right now, some tiny homes. But we try to keep all of the lodging types unique and interesting. So log cabins and and um, glamping tents, Conestoga wagons. We have a campsite and RV site as well, and then some large vacation homes. We've really fit the, mil- the bill for somebody looking for a uh, family vacation with multiple people and budgets coming together or, you know, individual travelers coming out. Um that and then we have our, our restaurant and our recreation uh, company, East Sign Adventures, which operates um, here as one of their locations. And uh, you know what's on property mostly is a, is unforgettable memories, is what I like to say. Yeah, here. yeah, there are views you're not going to find anywhere else. I guarantee you that. Mark, you've been involved with the marketing side of this, I think, for a while too. Uh, who is it that comes looking for Zion Ponderosa Ranch? I'm kind of interested, and Bob, maybe you could jump in, you know, as far as tours go with people from around the world. But starting with you, Mark. Well, there's obviously a great interest out of Southern California, Las Vegas, and the Utah area. That's about 60% of the business. And then the rest of the visitors come from literally everywhere in the world, all over Europe, the South Pacific South America, and Jake and his family have some great ties into Brazil, in fact. And so, interestingly, we get visitors from Brazil. Hmm. Bob, do you uh, ever swing through there with your tours? Well, the, actually, my group experience with the ranch, I've been working with the ranch for quite a number of years since the uh, mid-'90s with corporate groups. More, more in the 90s and the early 2000s, I had booked several corporate groups. It's a great place for these corporations to meet because uh, there's so much to do. It's a destination in itself. They never even have to leave the property. They have so many things to do there, but it's been a very, very popular retreat for companies of all types. You can take a trip and never leave the farm, as I like to say. Um, Jake, you guys have expanded beyond uh, the ranch, though, haven't you? Yeah, for East Sign Adventures uh, especially, we used to serve just our our resort guests, our property, and uh, you know that's been great. One thing we realized is how valuable it is to um, the visitors to the area to have things to do outside of Zion National Park. You know that's a big motivator for us is to draw people and pressure off of the park and take them into uh, places and experiences that are really amazing. They're national park type of experiences, but without the crowds and, and people. And as we've, we realized what a benefit that was to our guests, well, we started offering the service to some of the other resort properties around. Um, we now serve five different locations. Most recently, we've um, opened up a, a, a shop down in Orderville, Utah. And now, as of about this week, we'll be opening up a location in Kanab, Utah, as well, and serving more of the guests and properties down in that area. Well, look, we've got to take a break uh, for news on the half hour. So hang in there, guys, because I want to talk more specifically about some of the activities that people would be looking for to uh, to do down there and uh, create some of those memories Jake was talking about. Stay with us. We'll be back with uh, the final half hour of KSL Outdoors Radio here in just a minute. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. 
Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.